So, you know, it's great, but uh, I'm looking for a haven in a heartless world, um, or a haven from the um, the that that actually that that uh, there's a there's a book which I confess I've never read. Um, there's a book entitled Haven A Haven in a Heartless World. I, I first came across that. Um, and uh, it was a quote, uh, and I can't lay my hands out at the moment. It was a, it was a quote from Tim Keller, and he, and he was speaking on marriage, uh, and he was talking about marriage being the opportunity for marriage to be um, a haven uh, in a heartless world. But, of course, the, uh, the challenge, uh, which he was talking about to seminary, which we're familiar with as well, is that um, you know one of the things that, that, that marriage does um, is, is it works on our sinful human nature because um, you have two selfish sinners that come into a marriage, um, at least Paul is in mind, y'all are probably better. Um, but anyway, you have two people and, you know, part of the, part of the, part of the gift they're in, I mean, there's, there's a lot of gift that, that haven in a heartless world, the, the opportunity to have a haven in relationship with another person, but also the reality of the way that God um, both works through us and works on us um, in, in that relationship, you know, uh, over, over the years. Um, and part of the challenge as well, and, and this is interesting, as it applies to marriage, but also, you know, it just applies, I think, to life as well. And I think one of our big challenges, and I think I spoke about this last week. I'm never sure um, what I said last week, but um, I think I may have talked about one of the challenges um, for, for us uh, is expectations. Um, and we come into relationships uh, and, and we go through life uh, with so many expectations, and they can often be very unrealistic um, expectations that, you know, that things should be, um, progressively better, um, that we should be getting better and better um, every day, um, and and the suffering in our life should really be minimal, um, and, and our, you know, and our kids shouldn't struggle um, or or suffer, and you know, just you know, I should I should make more than my parents did, and my kids should make more than I did, and my house should always appreciate, um, and you know, it's et cetera, et cetera. You know, all these expectations. Um, you know, we should enjoy um, good health and. Uh, in our golden years, uh, and and what have you, you know, all these expectations that. Um, anyway, I just wanted to kind of brighten this up a little bit. That are really unrealistic. We're going down, and I just, you know, it's better off if you know it now. Um, anyway, well, let's let's why don't why don't we pray, um, and then we'll kind of we'll kind of jump in a little bit this morning. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you um, that you have created us from the very beginning, the wonderful words of the psalmist, um, Lord, you've searched us out and known us, you've knit us together in the mother's womb, um, that your works are wonderful. We thank you as well, most gracious God, that in your son Jesus you have sought us, um, that we had, when we had become um, captive to sin and death, um, you and your grace and mercy sought us in the gift of Jesus, your son. You came forth into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And we thank you as well that you've promised us that you would not leave us, but that you would send the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, our counselor, our advocate and guide. Lord, be in the midst of us now as we're gathered in your name. Guide and direct us, uh, we pray. Uh, And uh, especially pray, Lord, um, that not my words ultimately, but your word would go forth at this time and that it would um, sow the seeds of hope uh, deep within our hearts uh, and shape and fashion us with the life that's made available in you. And all this we ask now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, today we're going to look a little bit at um, the the haven 
um, which which I think we all long for and desire. Uh, and and what is what is that? What does God's haven look like um, for you and for me um, in our lives? And I was thinking about some different things. And one of the things I thought of um, as I was uh, praying and reflecting and uh, and so forth and preparing for this today is um, my uh, freshman year, what we call our, our knob year. Um, at the Citadel, and there was there was one moment um, in what they call um, these are these are trade secrets. So if this leaves the room, we'll know, um, and we will hunt you down. Um, so anyway, the, but what happens? One of the things they did on Hell Night, uh, which you know, doesn't that just sound great? Um, it's just a great at, at the beginning of your your time and and tenure there at the, at the end of. Uh, your your cadre week, which you're, you come in before the rest of the cadets, so they can have you know just to focus on you for a couple of weeks before the rest of the corps arrives. And there's this moment where, in the middle of the night, you know you're exhausted. I mean, you haven't slept in two weeks, and you're just uh, dead tired. And they, and they come in and they and they rouse you. Uh, and they wake you in the night, and they, they drag you out, and they put you down on the quad, which is the area in the middle uh, of the barracks, the quadrangle, and they, they and all the lights are out. And so, you know, it's there. And the only sound is, this is Charleston, the only sound is, you know, the, the mosquitoes. You know, you hear the mosquitoes, and you're standing there, and you can't move, and uh, and you're wondering, you know, what in the world is, is going on, and everything is, is pitch black. And it's it's funny now. It wasn't <laughs> funny then, but it's, it's funny now. Um, but but you know you're you're kind of you're 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 anxious and uh, and you're certainly looking for a haven in a heartless world. Uh, and one of the things they do is um, they lock up the barracks at night. Um, and you hear with you know and, and again it's it's funny now but as the gates are closing and then you hear them you know they close them and then you hear them chaining you hear the locks uh, and they're and they're chaining the gates and so you know talk about feeling. Trapped exactly, uh, and, and you're just like, you know, why didn't I go to South Carolina? You know, you're thinking about this, you're thinking, you know, this is there. There were options there. What what have I done? And it was and it was funny. Uh, over um, the loudspeaker, you hear they someone plays on a harmonica. Talk about messing with you. Da 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 da. You know, no place like home. And you're just thinking, oh Lord, get get you know, Calgon, take me away. Um, you know, pluck pluck me out of here, take me away. Um, a lot more to that night, which I won't share. But there, but there's there's the beginning. Um, there's the beginning of it. We were definitely looking um, for a haven, and, and you certainly felt, um, you certainly felt all alone. Uh, obviously, there were all the people around you, but but it was a time when you certainly felt um, all alone, and you were certainly looking for. Um, a haven, and it certainly felt like a heartless world uh, at that particular moment. And, and I share all that with you because I, I ask you the question: um, Have any of y'all experienced that feeling like you're 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 trapped uh, in in a heartless world um, that that you're that you're looking for a haven, um, and that haven uh, seems to seems to be nowhere to be found. Uh, and and yet there's people um, all around you. Yet you feel um, profoundly isolated uh, and and profoundly um, profoundly alone uh, and so uh, it's it, it can be part of the human condition so of course the question is um, where do we seek um, where do we seek our haven where do we find um, our home uh, in this heartless world it's a shame that Paula is not here this morning because 
Um, she'll be here. She'll be here later. Um, she promised. Uh, but uh, ha- she is an expert in all things TLC. Do y'all know what I'm talking about when I say TLC? Any of y'all familiar with TLC, the the Learning Channel? Um, uh, what? Uh, John and Kate Plus Eight, I think, was kind of one of the premieres of one of their reality shows, if 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 you remember that, and then you know sort of later spins off into People Magazine. So you had you know you had John and Kate Plus Eight, um, Little People, Big World, um, any of these um, any of these uh, ring about um, the Duggars, uh, yeah the, the the Duggars. What are some of the others? Uh, you kind of um, yeah Little People, Big World, the Duggars. Um, uh, you know I don't know if the um, if the uh, Duck Call people, if that's the Learning Channel or one of the others, but these are Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty. These are the. This is. I live in a pretty highbrow home, um, and so this is kind of. This is the fair. Um, this is the fair at this. Y- y'all are probably a little loftier, but this is kind of. You know, this is some of the main fair. Um, and and the latest one um, is Breaking Amish. Have any of y'all seen any of the, the the previews or the trailers? God, where have y'all been? I mean, I can't believe that y'all. How have y'all missed um, Breaking Amish? All right. So here's here's the basic here's the basic um, premise uh, premise um, uh, two guys um, two girls uh, and I think it's actually if you want to get specific I think it's three Amish and one one Mennonite uh, and and the and because that's important um, you know because you know there is a slight there is a slight difference and again I wish Paula here she's an expert in all things Amish and Mennonite we've been to we've been to Lancaster she's interviewed them. Firsthand, and you know she really, yeah. So anyway, we know all we know all about them. But anyway, um, the the basic premise of the show is is this: is they're they're throwing off the chains um, of their background. Uh, they're they're throwing off the chains of religion. They're throwing off the chains of God, and they're going to New York City, where of course they'll find haven. Um, if any of y'all have ever been to New York, if you're looking for a kind word, um, if you're looking for a place to kind of Builds you up. Well, you know what? Um, New York. Um, so anyway, they they send them off. They send them off to New York City, where they're going to find, um, you know, uh, and and it's and it's interesting how it's um, it's kind of it's kind of all the um, it's all the stereotypical cliches and in, in the way that it's that it's presented. Um, you know, uh, the the girls. Um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna find freedom from this sort of male-dominated, oppressive um, religious system. And the guys, you know, they go to school through through eighth grade, and, you know, they're going to get away from this unenlightened um, community, and, and they're going to find they're going to find freedom. They're going to find uh, enlightenment. And, and of course, um, the, the great thing that's that's held up in society is is what are they? They're going to find their true self. Um, and of course, you know, gosh, don't we all? I mean, there's no greater thing. I, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I, I when I was a younger man, um, uh, you know, before I was the seasoned veteran that I am today, um, but but you know, of course, it, you know, everything is and everything just sort of self-focused, and I was going to find myself and so forth and so on. The problem is, I did find myself, and it was really very uninspiring. Uh, it was kind of like, that's it, you know? It's kind of that, that's that that's all there is. So they're going away, and they're gonna uh, and they're gonna find themselves, and and it's and it's going to be great. But it, interesting, I passed out this article. And as I say this, you know, uh, I'm not an expert in the the Amish community or the Mennonite community or what have you. But, but I mean, I guess to one degree, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of negatives within that community, just as there are plenty of negatives within the Christian community. That's the advent um, or, or any particular Christian community. I'm sure there, uh, there, there are plenty of there are plenty of minuses there like anywhere else because they're, you know, 
sinful people um, in, in all of those communities. And so not to say that there's not some things, obviously, that I, that I think should be different. But this is interesting. This, this uh, lady, um, Hannah Pilvane, and I may be uh, getting her name wrong, but you can see she wrote uh, an article here that was in the Wall Street Journal. She's actually also written a book as well, and I have here um, an interview that she did on NPR and um, about the book which she wrote. And, and it was one of those books um, where it's, uh, uh, I'm looking here, um, kind of made a mistake. I started scrolling. Um, uh, I started scrolling here. But anyway, um, ah, here we go. Got it. But anyway, it's, it's kind of interesting. She talks about, she gives a little breakdown, and I'll, and I'll let you, um, for the m- most part, read this uh, on your own. But, but at the start there, she said, liberation is a peculiarly American love. And these days, in these days, it seems particularly beloved when the liberation is from the tyranny of faith. Uh, and, I, and I think she's... You know, again, this isn't you know the big bad culture beating up on us, uh, but but I think uh, this is a, this is the culture in which we live, um, and and again, what they're offering is you know if you want to find haven, um, it's it's freedom from faith. Um, that's that's where it is. You know, it's kind of like going back to John Lennon. You know, imagine um, imagine there's no religion. Um, you know, because then if we could get rid of that, then things would be then things would be okay. Mainstream culture prizes those who confer convert to secularism, the side of the thoughtful and the free. We read of their escapes books in recent years include the New York uh, Regional Mormon Singles Halloween Dance, um, Unorthodox, the scandalous rejection of my Hasidic roots, and we watch their oppression by religion on movie screens and television, Jesus Camp, Sister Wives, um, Big Love, and all are relieved by the distance between um, their lives and our, and our own. And she goes on to talk about TLC's Breaking Amish. And if you look at uh, sort of the bottom of that third paragraph, the Hollywood Reporter lauded TLC for acting not only um, as a documentarian, but as a liberator. Um, what, what, do y'all, um, what do y'all think about that? Think she's accurate, inaccurate? Uh, what, what's your take here? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, just sort of like hear the the message that that we're sinful, that we're broken, that we're in need right. of a savior, and, and just sort of like it stopped right there. It's like right. that's, that's where she fell. And no, like and no stopped. more. Sure. Right. Um, yeah, def- definitely. Um, so if the show was becoming Christian, you don't think they would have sort of lauded it as not only documentary but as a liberator? Yeah, exa- exactly. That's not how they no, and I, you know, listen, I um. No, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, ratings killer. Um, yeah, ex- exactly. Um, yeah, I really don't. And it's interesting because I think, um, you know, I don't know, I guess to some degree, I'm not a great studier of culture. Um, so, but it, it is interesting. Some of these things do seem to seem repetitive enough that you start to notice them. It's almost like osmosis. It's like, okay, even I've caught on now. Um, I, you know, you can't miss 
some of the things that are presented. But one of the really interesting things about this is she grew up apparently in a, in a, in a stringent uh, Finnish Lutheran, um, which y'all are all familiar with. There's a lot of those in Birmingham. Yeah. But anyway, a particular sort of Finnish um, Lutheran. My, my grandparents are Norwegian Lutheran. Well, there you go. We have less fun than uh, the Finns do. Okay, well, exactly. So y'all are, um, yeah, the, the Finns are, the, the Finns are a, a little more uh, freewheeling, huh, than, than, the, than, the, than, the, than the Norwegians. Um, looser. Yeah, exactly, much looser, um, much, more, uh, much more immoral. You know, here's the interesting thing, because in her interview, she talks about how it seems like, and, I, and of course I'm, I'm guessing here, that she's a person who's wrestling with faith, um, because she says, you know, I've, I've left it, but at the same time I'm, I'm very uncomfortable uh, with, with what's being presented here. And she goes on actually very, um, very honestly and very forthrightly to talk about how, you know, one, um, that the, her home life was really great. Um, you know, there, yes, she would have liked to have nail polish and um, enjoy rhythmic dancing and et cetera. But, um, yeah, there were some restrictions. But really, overall, um, she, had a great, she had a great life um, growing up. And, and she says this... Um, also, one of the things that she really mentions as well is how powerful it was to, to live um, in a community and feel unshakably tied to other people um, within that community of faith, and also to have a community of faith where, where forgiveness was, was a hallmark uh, of, that, of that community, and, and a democratic forgiveness, a corporate forgiveness, the, the type of community where a father would come to his children um, and ask for forgiveness uh, because he had you know, acted in, in anger um, toward them. She talks about the things, and in and, and leaving the church when I was in college, I soon saw that I had not stepped into anything else. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, all right, I, lost, uh, I stepped out of this, um, but now what? My admittance into a dubious form of atheism merited no special membership. Atheism seemed, if anything, a community that eschewed community, that strove to preserve the strength of the individual. Thus, I clung to anything that might provide stability. Uh, it's, it makes me think of what Paul talks about when he writes to Timothy, um, you know, those with, with itching ears who surround themselves with teachers who tell them what they want to hear, uh, and, they're, and they're tossed to and fro by the winds of every doctrine, by the cunning and deceitful wiles uh, of many. He talks about that, that sad place uh, of, of being adrift um, and, and being susceptible, um, you know, lacking that, lacking that grounding. Uh, and, but she talks about this, you know, this, this desire for something um, that might provide stability um, stability in, in her life. Um, and she goes on to say the world's been kind to her in its own fashion, um, and she certainly has found some of the freedoms valuable, but it is a lonely place bound to nothing but what I bind myself to, and I find myself worrying always that these ties will not be lasting enough. Let me read a little bit to you um, with her interview with with NPR when she was talking about the book she wrote. And this is the interviewer saying to her, Now you said that you left the church. Have you gone back or thought about going back? And she says this, I had to actually leave the church twice. I left the first time and I wasn't emotionally strong enough for it. It's very hard to leave a loving community. It would have been much easier if it had been a hateful community, if it had been a terrible childhood, but it wasn't. And what was interesting is that when I left, I was treated by my friends outside of the church as if I was liberated, I was free. I had thrown off the shackles of this oppressive church. I could, you know, do what I want and wear what I want and pierce my ears. And actually, I was going through a tremendous mourning, and I think it's that exact feeling that the rest of the world didn't understand. 
that to lead these communities um, isn't freedom. That made me want to write the book. Um, so she talks about, um, you know, when, okay, supposedly this was going to give her freedom. You know, she was going to lead this. She was going to leave this community, and finally, sounds like a Disney movie, doesn't it? Finally, she's going to be free. Um, you know, she's going to throw off the shackles, uh, throw off the shackles of, of childhood, and find herself. And she's finally, uh, and she's finally going to soar. Um, and and she found, it, you know, interesting. She just sort of speaks, I think, very, um, very honestly uh, about how. And I'm just kind of curious. I, it'd be interesting to meet her. Uh, uh, wouldn't it? And, and talk to her and just sort of get her take, um, get her take on on all of the above. Um, so we look for we look for that haven um, in our lives. We look for um, we look for freedom. We look for um, rest. We look for um, fulfillment. We we look for all of these uh, different things. We look for we look for safety. We look um, for security. I've, I've been listening lately. Um, uh, for whatever reason, I've been listening lately to a lot of Bob Dylan, um, and you know that great song "Shelter from the Storm." You know, come in, she said, "I'll give you um, shelter from the storm." We're we're, we're looking for um, we're looking for shelter from the storm. Well, let me ask you this question: um, not y'all, but other people. Um, where do they often look for for shelter from the storm? Um, where do they look for for a haven in a heartless world? What what do people turn to? Where do they go? Yeah. Looking for love and all the love. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, next song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely, alcohol and drugs. It's hard to imagine that there's not one of us in here, if not in our own lives, in a, in a family member's life that, that hasn't in some way, you know, alcohol or drugs has been a, has been a factor um, uh, in what they look to. Yeah, other people. I, I think that's a abs, absolutely um, one of the things that um, drives me crazy. Um, and, and I think, man, am I just cranky? Uh, but one of the things, you know, when you hear some say, you know, you're my you're my everything. That just that just drives me crazy because I just think one, obviously it's it's not true. I'm just thinking both of y'all are going to be so hurt uh, if you're looking for a person, any person, because you know, again, I, I'm. Johnny Cheerful, um, it, you know, we're, we're going to let one another down in some way. We're not going to measure up um, in, in some way. If we, if we look to a person to be that ultimate um, security, yeah, we're not only setting ourselves up, but of course we're setting them up. Um, we're setting them up as well. And at the same time, uh, relationships are, are, are a, a genuine um, gift from God and, and I think a, a very real um, solace that that is that is offered to us and and that's really um, championed in the Bible. Um, so yeah, it, you know, looking for that solace in, in a person is wrong. But at the same time, we are uh, given one another um, to have strength, to have solace, um, and 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 to build one another up. So to be to be sure, um, created to be in relationship with one another. What else, y'all? That those are all definite things. Mm-hmm. Ab- ab- absolutely. Any type of idolatry. And y'all are you know, familiar with the, the, the saying, you know, the human heart is an idol factory. Um, uh, yeah, def- definitely. Um, yeah, living in uh, Birmingham, of course, um, 
football is, you know, it is. I mean, good grief. Uh, and it's, of course, not unique to Birmingham. Essentially, I lived uh, for six years in Greensboro, North Carolina, and there it's uh, it's ACC basketball, you know. So it's, I mean, it's the same. It's interesting. That's the only place I've lived, and I've lived in a number of different places. That's the only place I've lived which, where I've seen a similar fanaticism, uh, just different season. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but, but equally the... The tobacco road rivalry, um, yeah, equals the um, the the the, fo- the football thing. <clears throat> Toys for all ages and riches. Pardon, pardon me. Toys for all <clears throat> ages and riches. Absolutely, toys, riches. You know, a- a- acquisitions um, to to be sure. And you know, one of the challenging things about about idols is um, to some degree, it's 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 a matter of degree. <coughs> Uh, it's it's obviously with with idolatry we're we're lifting up what can be a good thing uh, and making it into an ultimate thing uh, and and putting it in and putting it in the place of God. You know I think one of our biggest idols um, is um, you know one of our big idols is security. Um, and I know in my life you know having having a wife and three kids you know if we could just have a little more money you know I mean if we could you know you know. Lord, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm a really humble guy, and I'm not greedy or anything. But if we could just have a little bit more, um, you know, we'd 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 be better, you know, and, and we'd be and we'd be safer, uh, and we'd be more secure, and 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 we would be um, we would be okay. That that would be the haven, you know. If you could just give us a a little bit more, then we wouldn't have to worry, um, and 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 things and things would be okay. Uh, and of course, you know, we're. Not only are, is the human heart an idol factory, but um, we are masters of rationalization. Um, I mean, we are just um, fabulous. You know, Lord, I'm only doing this because I need it. Um, so surely, you know, surely you understand what 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 is what is driving me here. Um, one of the things as we as we talk about um, uh, our seeking for haven, and, and I think to some degree. Part of what we're sharing, I think, is, is great things for us to be reminded of on a, on a daily basis. I mean, to some degree, this isn't news. Um, this is this is human condition stuff um, that that we know about. We we know our uh, how we love to how we love to chase um, after idols. We know that um, that uh, that we have a tendency to to put them. Uh, in in the place of God, we know that God alone is is our true haven. We know that God alone is our is our true rest. And and yet, of course, um, uh, we we rarely live like we believe that. Um, we you know we we can we confess it um, uh, with with our lips, but we often struggle um, to live that way in our lives. And and I think that's why we emphasize again and again the hearing of the gospel. Just you know, like you're talking about your your friend who basically heard. Uh, heard half of the message, and that's why we daily need to be reminded, um, daily need to be reminded of the gospel for it to begin to shape our hearts um, and begin to fill our lives with with the hope and with the joy and with the certainty that's that's made available to us. There's the story of Martin Luther, and uh, y'all may be familiar with this one. A great story. He's um, a parishioner comes up to him after church one Sunday, uh, and and the person says to him, you know, um, when are you going to preach something different? Um, it, it's it's the same, yeah, you know. Thank God we've never heard that. Um, you know, it's kind of like you know, you're a broken record. It's the same thing um, Sunday after Sunday. 
um, when are you when are you going to preach something different? And and you know again and again he was preaching on the gospel of grace, uh, the gospel of grace, the gospel uh, of, of of God's grace uh, that's coming to the world to save sinners. Um, and so basically what the person was saying is, you know we're we got that um, we're 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 ready to move on. Um, you know give us we're ready for meat. You know quit quit with the milk. We're we're ready for the we're ready for the next thing. We're ready for our progression. And Luther's response was classic. You know, what are you going to preach on that? He said, when you show up looking like a people that believe the gospel, uh, is, is, what he, is what he said. When you show up looking like a people, because every, every Sunday you show up and you, and you look, you, you're, you're slumped over, you look like people that, that don't believe um, the good news of the gospel made available to us. I want to share a couple of different, um, a couple of different scriptures. Um, and, and one is... Uh, I think a, um, I think is a is a, and, and it's. I don't want to be overly simplistic, but but perhaps I am, and it's and it's Mark, and it's the fourth chapter, and the thirty-fifth verse, and it's it's when Jesus um, it's when Jesus calms the storm, and I'll just I'll, I'll read it to you, and then we'll reflect on it a little bit together. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, "Let us go across to the other side." And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Passage of, of the gospel, which I'm sure you've which I'm sure you've heard before. I say I'm sure you've probably um, heard that before. Um, if you if you haven't raised your hand so we can judge you um, now. Um, <laughs> But uh, as as you first hear that, let me ask you what 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 is your what is your first thought? I mean, what what if anything jumps out to you as you hear that? Just that we can trust Jesus. We can trust him. Sure. And we and we keep telling. It's like okay, I gotta keep telling myself. <laughs> That's. Uh, ab- absolutely. And what's ironic is they could actually see him. He was right there, but yet they didn't. Yeah. Know, which is right. Absolutely. Like, yeah, he's he's yeah, absolutely right there in the midst of them, and yet um, and yet they're they're panicking. Um, and the uh, new 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 revised standard version, they're freaking out. Um, you know, he's uh, yeah, he's he's right there. It's all about them too. Yes. Yeah. Don't you care about? <laughs> you know, have have y'all? I'm sure you have. I, I've I've been out any number of times in in, in boats um, when when storms have come, and that's a that's a scary feeling. Um, it it really talk about suddenly feeling very vulnerable um, and and very small. Um, it it can come on uh, quickly. I, I can remember one time I was Paul and the kids. We lived on Sullivan's Island. Sullivan's Island is this little sort of crooked finger of an island and you have uh, the Atlantic, uh, the Charleston Harbor, um, the intercoastal waterway and the Cooper River all sort of come in 
um, together right here, and we had gone over to dinner at, on Shem Creek, and we were in a little, I don't know, 15-foot whaler. So not a, it wasn't a wasn't a big boat, and we're, and we're coming across that stretch. It's not far from uh, from Shem Creek over to Sullivan's Island. And as we're coming up, you know, the you've got one, you've got all those various bodies of water um, coming together, which that can you know create quite a quite an issue just in and of itself. And uh, we're in a good boat, but not a big boat. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, the it, it started it started picking up and and started you know beating against the side and it started to come over started to come over the bow and you know Paula um, Paula Paula is amazing um, but but calm under pressure um, is not her is not her gift she her her family's you know mantra is escalate 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 so you know she's you know it was it was it was it was it was escalating here I'm like you know it's gonna be fine we're gonna be fine you know don't freak the kids out you know just pray um, pray we you know we're gonna but we're gonna be okay here but you know you you're out and it's and it's obviously um, it, it's a scary feeling it's an overwhelming feeling and, I, and it's and it's a vulnerable feeling and and those are you know emotions um, being overwhelmed um, and, and being vulnerable um, are are particularly being vulnerable. Talk about the things we try to avoid um, in life. Certainly, being vulnerable um, is is one of them. And and we see that they're they're experiencing um, they're experiencing all of that. And interestingly, as well, the 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 Sea of Galilee, the, the way that the mountains surrounded, there was actually a name for the wind. It was called the Sharkia. Um, was the name of the wind. It would often the winds would change and would come down. As you can imagine, you know, the hot and the cold and the and the combination of the mountains surrounding these. These storms would would come across, and it'd be uh, a treacherous place to be. And the boats that they would have likely been in, they've actually found a boat, and they did you know carbon dating and so forth and so on. And it was a boat that was you know from the time of uh, of, of Jesus. And and basically those boats they were 26 feet long, seven feet wide, um, which you know not bad. But you know you're out in the middle, um, and, and and a big storm comes up. That that boat suddenly feels very um, very very small, and so they're they're in fairness to them, their their panic is genuine. Um, it's you, know, I, you and I would probably be um, similar. The other interesting thing about this um, we hear this is it's it's just kind of interesting. This is the one place uh, in the Bible where we see Jesus asleep. This is this is this is the there's your there's a little Bible trivia um, for you. This is this is the only place. Um, this is the only time that Jesus ever slept. Um, no, that's not that's not actually the case. But anyway, it's um, we see that he's uh, we see that he's asleep at this time. And and I love um, I love their response to them because I think it's so um, honest. Uh, I mean, I think it's a it, this is a very genuine account, and it would have been um, they basically say, "Don't you?" They, basically, what they say to him is, "Don't you care?" Um, you know, we're 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 in this we're in this heartless world. We're in, we're we're in danger. Um, we're, we're vulnerable uh, and we're and we're overwhelmed. Uh, and don't you care? Because um, if you care, um, you you do something about it. And, and if you care, um, then then you pluck me out of it. Uh, if if you care, I'd never find myself in this situation in the first place. Uh, and so I mean I uh, I love it. I mean to say I have no doubt this is a genuine account uh, because. We would have been saying the same thing to Jesus, I, I, and even worse, it's like I thought you cared. Um, you know, I've I've been around and around, and I, and I thought you were the one. Um, I thought you were the one that that cared, and you were the one that was going to make things different. 
And of course, we hear um, that Jesus uh, speaks uh, and he says those words, of course, peace be still. Uh, and we hear um, that it was accomplished uh, in a moment. One of the things that's um, a theme throughout Mark's gospel is that this uh, is one of the many passages uh, in which we see um, the authority of Jesus um, made known to us. Um, the, the authority of Jesus is made known. And th there's an interesting little additional tidbit here. Um, for the people of Jesus' day, water had a very different connotation than from you and from me. I mean, obviously water was vital, um, and, and, they, and they saw it as such and recognized that not only for the fishing, but you know, and, and the livelihood and so forth. But, but, but water to them was, was, was viewed as something sort of representative of, of, of chaos, um, of, of, of danger. You know, we think of, ah, you know, by the shore, um, you know, by the shore, by the lake, or, you know, we think of sort of happy vacation thoughts. Uh, but, but for them, water had a very different connotation. It, it was something that was dangerous. Um, it was something that was chaotic. It was something uh, in need of being subdued. Uh, of needed, we needed to be protected from. Uh, and we see that Jesus is able with, with just a word um, to calm this. And we hear, um, once again, the, the honest, they're, they're filled with great fear. Um, wait a minute, you know, who, who, is, who is this um, that actually has the power and the ability um, to still the storms? I'd like to share with you a couple of things um, before, before we go today. Um, uh, and, and that is this. One of the things that the scriptures um, demonstrate to us um, again and again and again um, is part of the reality is, as, as Jesus says, and I, and I think I quoted this last week, in this world you'll have trouble. Um, uh, Jesus quoting directly from him, in, in this world you'll have trouble. And I, and I think that's, I, I say that not in a, not in a um, cynical, jaded way or a, a Debbie Downer um, way, but I mean, just just the reality. I think one of the things that's helpful for us, is, as far as expectations are concerned, is to say, you know, that in this world we'll have trouble. Um, there, it's 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 a broken creation. Um, it's it's a fallen world, uh, and and the reality is, um, you know, we we don't uh, we sometimes we see it coming, but more often than not we don't. Um, you know, occasionally it's it's rolling down the tracks. You're like, yeah, here it comes, um, but. But often we don't. But I want one by way of expectations, um, and it's easier to say than to do. But you know, when we when we run into issues, um, to I guess to some degree to encourage ourselves not to fall apart, because in this world we're going to have trouble. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's going to come, and so when it comes, we have the opportunity not to be so shocked um, and say, I I can't believe this is happening. Um, and you know, not just for us, and of course the hard thing too. You know, I was talking at the beginning, Jack, Maisie, Sally. Um, you know, the hard thing is, you know, when we see our kids uh, having trouble, or our loved ones having trouble, and, and we want to pluck them out of it. And, and part of the reality is we can certainly come alongside, and sometimes they're, they're very concrete things we can do. But at the same time, I mean, our kids are going to experience it as well, um, and, and our loved ones are going to experience it. But we hear that, but we also hear the reality uh, of a God who doesn't hang back um, who's not distant or indifferent, um, but who enters into our lives and who enters into this world. And of course, the end of that verse, when Jesus says, you know, in this world you have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. We have, we have the assurance um, of a God who's not distant or indifferent, but, but who enters into 
uh, enters into our lives. I, I thought about the story of um, that great story of Elijah, which I'll remember. Uh, Frank uh, mentioned uh, Elijah and Jezebel, I don't know, a couple Sundays ago or, or, or what have you. And, and if you're succinctly the story, of course, he... Uh, he speaks the truth and he prophesies against them and the prophets of Baal are slayed and she says, you know what, you're next, buddy. Uh, and, he, and he goes on the run um, because he realizes she's a woman of her word um, and, and she's going to hunt him down. Uh, and of course we hear an interesting little thing we hear as we, as we read in the Bible that um, he left behind his, uh, his staff and he left behind his servant uh, and, he, and he went off uh, on his own. The, the significance of that is this biblically, what it says is he, he, he left his office. He said, you know what, God, forget it. Um, I'm done with you. Uh, I'm done with this uh, ministry. I'm just going off. And of course, you know that he went. Um, and even after he basically said, you know what, God, I'm done with you. Um, I can't believe you've let me get into this situation. Here I've loved you and I've served you and you've let me get into this situation. Where are you? Forget it. I'm, I'm done with you. Uh, and we hear, of course, not only did God come and minister to him in that lonely place, not only did God provide for him in the midst of, uh, in the midst of that time, then of course he... Uh, he speaks to him, uh, and and he restores him. So as one of the things I, I want us to hear again and again is the character of our God, um, who who knows us and and who seeks us. Um, not only has entered into all these challenges, but also when we when we're having a pity party or when we're angry, we say, you know, or forget it. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm out of here. I'm uh, I'm done with you. Um, who seeks us? Who seeks us? Who seeks us? Who seeks us? Um, who calls us um, to himself? That's the phenomenal message of the gospel is, is a God who's entered into the challenges, um, who seeks us to call us um, to himself, and, and who provides a haven for us. And, and sometimes the reality is too, I think, and this is me, so you can take this or, or leave this. This isn't gospel. This is Craig Smalley. Um, I think the reality is too, uh, in our lives, sometimes we're meant to walk through the pain Um rather than avoid it or, or, or walk around it. Because um, the reality is, and I don't ask for it, uh, I'm, a, I'm a pain avoider. Um, <laughs> but the reality is, that's often the ways the, that we're refined. Uh, it's often the ways um, that, that we grow. It's often the ways that we're made more full and, and, and more whole um, as a result of walking through that. Like the old hymn, you know, Fear not, I'm with thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold. Um, to refine, and, I, and I'd say as well that the realization and the understanding that while this world is a great gift and to be cherished and lived in and, 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 and grateful for and, and loved and so forth and so on, the reality is that we're being prepared for eternity, um, that, this, that this world isn't all there is, um, that this is it's a great gift um, to be valued, as I say, to be engaged, to be entered into, but it's, but it's temporary. Um, we're, we're, we're being prepared, we're being fashioned um, for something more. We're being prepared, we're being fashioned uh, for something greater. So we have um, in our world uh, a God who seeks us, uh, who, who gives haven um, in himself, uh, in Jesus. And, I, and I'll end with this because the, the crowds are out there. I can hear it um, uh, along with y'all. And God bless you. Uh, you've been patient. Um, Lastly, I want to share this this verse with you. Um, I really, and, I, and I'll say this also, one more thing. Don't you love it? One more thing. No, no, this is really it. No, just one more. Um, one of the things, I, I would encourage you all to read um, John 14 through 17. 
14, 15, 16, um, 17. It's really, there's so much in there. And that's a time in which Jesus is speaking to his followers. And it's a time when they're, when they're anxious, when, when he's about to be betrayed. He's about to be taken away from them. Uh, and, and he speaks words of real hope and encouragement and comfort and, and strength. And those 14, 15, 16, 17, I, I invite you to read it. And I think, I think you'll, you'll just be amazed at, at all the things um, that are in there. But finally this. Jesus, uh, this is uh, John 6, of course, which you probably remember when Jesus says, you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And many began to fall away and say, you know, this is a hard saying. Um, who can who can believe it? Uh, who can who can follow it? And it's uh, in six, uh, verse sixty-six. And after this, uh, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, "Do you want to go as well?" Simon Peter answered him, "Lord, to whom shall we go? Um, you have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know um, that you are um, the Holy One of God." Lord, Lord, to whom, uh, Lord, to whom shall we go? Uh, when we find ourselves um, feeling like we're looking for a haven in a heartless world, we, we go to the one um, who first seeks us, uh, the one who uh, is already um, seeking us to draw us um, to himself, uh, the good shepherd uh, of the sheep. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Uh, pray, Lord Jesus, that we would find in you um, our strength, Uh, our haven, our hope. And this we all ask in Jesus' name. Amen.